podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Transfer Show special podcast. Now I know, I know, please don't be underwhelmed. I, I know you're used to Trev Downey. I know you're used to Trev Downey, but today you're going to have to put up with me because he is on holiday and he is allowed a little time off. This probably feels like to you being linked to Kai Fedor and ended up with a Lucas Lavia-esque kind of situation, but it's only for one podcast. But you know what? Don't be too disheartened because guess what? There's going to be loads of insight. There's going to be loads of class. And we are going to give you some, you know, some scoops, some insights on the transfer window and just the shit show that's been happening for Liverpool Football Club. I am honoured to be hosting this guy. You know him. We all know him. A familiar voice on the Anfield Index. It's one half of the dynamic duo. It's Mr. Dave Davis. Dave, welcome to your show. Yeah, <laughs> and by the way, you got that completely wrong. You've totally three meter 360 that. This is the biggest upgrade since Ariel introduced Ariel Ultra Nina. Do not undersell yourself just because the wish.com Michael Palin the Aldi budget Judith Chalmers has gone sunning himself in Mallorca and sacked us off for a couple of weeks. Do not undersell it. We don't miss him. This is an upgrade in every sense. This is the one. Oh, no. We, I used to have a special nickname for him. I used to call him a fancy cow because he's just so smooth. And it, it, it was just such a weird compliment. We, we love Trev Downey. But you know what? You, you deserve a holiday, my friend. So enjoy it. But there is no rural island. It's noisy Manchester here. But Dave, let's get into this. Um, it's it's been a bit of an interesting um fair few days for Liverpool Football Club to to say the least. So first and foremost, let's let's just get straight into this. Um Liverpool have kicked off the competitive season, finished one all against Chelsea, but off the pitch, two nil to Chelsea, you know, Liverpool losing out to you losing out with of course um Caicedo and Lavia ending up at Chelsea. I mean I want to get your thoughts on this because, um, to me, um, this whole handling of those two transfers and how we've missed out on top targets has given me very much Ian Air transfer window vibes. Yeah, it's uh, we literally it is Chelsea to Liverpool new, isn't it? They've they've uh, had our pants down a little bit in this regard. I mean, with Caicedo, first of all. <laughs> We took a gamble and we lost. Now, as has yep. come out in many articles, that we had encouragement from the agent, you know, the players' camp. We, you know, even the um, the Brighton CEO said we'd acted exemplary, you know, did everything super business, perfect in that regard. Liverpool have just been done over by Manuel Sierra, the agent. Simple as that. We've been done over by him. We took a gamble. We lost. And, you know, you win or lose the gamble, don't you? That's the way it works. It's... It's not disaster, you're thinking, but the the Lavia thing, I'll be honest, I was embarrassed by it, Nina, because he knew clearly we weren't really massively keen on him because he'd had three bids rejected. And when I say keen on him, at the price Southampton had him at. So we'd undenard, we hadn't gone there, and we pivoted to Caicedo, which was clear to that kid, listen, you're our second choice, you know, you're our backup type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that was always clear. What really kind of say embarrassed me a little bit was we knew Chelsea had gone back in and I mean look at the contracts Chelsea are doing as well Nina like eight years plus one essentially nine year option I mean we're never going to do that you know they're going to offer him more money you know they're going to offer the agent more money so it wasn't at that stage I wasn't too embarrassed when we lost out on Caicedo 
it's when we went back in and took the second shot at Lavia. That yep. just screamed mm-hmm. panic. And especially mm-hmm. when you saw that fee, 60 million quid. And Jason Wilcox has confirmed this because there's a bit of briefing with Paul Joyce. Liverpool didn't go there. But, you know, Southampton's chief exec has come in and said, listen, they, you know, they had another bid in that regard. So we didn't think he was worth 50 million. And the panic has led us to bid 60 million, which probably tells its own story. And just for those two stories, I wasn't embarrassed with Caicedo. We took a shot. I was actually in kind of a perverse way, pleased to say, you know, yeah. we've got a bit of ambition. We're putting that money down. Like, Christ, someone took over, over John Henry's wallet and found 111 million. Do you know what I mean? That was positive. Mm. But the Lavia second dibs, that was embarrassing. And yeah, here we are now. And you know what, Dave, you've pretty much summarised how I felt as well. Because, of course, on Thursday, it was like Liverpool are inquiring. I was like, why are you inquiring? Like, isn't it a bit late in the day? And then you wake up on a Friday and it's like, whoa, Liverpool have just thrown in, uh, you know, like uh, 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 110 million or whatever it was. And I was like, whoa, this is a big play. And it looked like everything was going through. And you obviously spoke about the players agent who was giving me AD Ward vibes. Can't lie. And, you know, in, in a way, maybe it's a blessing in, you know, we're missing out on a fantastic player. But, you know, and even, and you know what, let's let's be a bit pragmatic about the whole Caicedo thing as well. You know, the hold up as well, like you and I and everybody can all agree and appreciate he is a fantastic player and he would have added so much to our midfield. Yeah, I genuinely, genuinely do believe that. But I think also as well. I, I don't think it was the play. I think it was definitely the agent. I agree with you. I think a lot of Liverpool supporters as well, and there are a few like this, Dave, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we, I talk about Lavia. I think, you know, just to hold up as well, I think it would have maybe... I don't know, there would have been fans who have pretty much set their stall out on this player and there would have been a massive agenda against him. And I think it would have been maybe another toxic environment with Liverpool and the midfielders again. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. I mean, once that that story became clear, or the element of the story, I should say, where you know he, he's not going to Liverpool for his medical, he prefers Chelsea, all that type of thing. Yeah, it was quite clear. It was the, the play, the the Kansas City shuffle, as it were, was at work. And yeah, I, I think I get it because he would have been a game changer. I'm not using that lightly. I really do think he would have been a, a game changer for our midfield. He is that good. Yeah, but. But, listen, it was quite clear where he's got his heart set on a a big pile of gold down in London type of thing. And it's not like that is the end of the transfer window. And I know it will have felt like it for some fans. I do get that, you know, and the the Lavia thing would have exasperated it. But my honest take on it is you took a shot, you gambled, you lost, you pony back up, if you know what I mean, Lena. There's two weeks left, on we go type of thing. It is what it is. Yeah, and I'm with you on the whole Lavia thing as well. I felt like, you know, have a bit of honour, have a bit of integrity, just move away from the player. You 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 know, you you messed about with his transfer fee. You didn't think he was worth that much. Fine, you know, that's absolutely fine. Then the player sees you bid double for a player in the same position. And then you come back and add 10 million to what the club initially valued for the player. It was just like, oh my God, what are you doing? This? You're right, it seemed very, very panicky and... Again, you know, um, he would have been, you know, he's a 19-year-old kid. I think he would have been absolutely fantastic um, in terms of um, his growth and his development because obviously those players, you you, you know that they develop and turn to better players. Um, I, I think, personally, I think Liverpool would have been more serious about Lavia. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I think Liverpool would have been more serious about Lavia if maybe uh, Fabinho stayed. So they have a year of, like, I don't know, mentorship and they can work together. And then the following season, you get another one in for Fabinho. That's personally my take. I felt like Liverpool probably thought this is too much for a kid that's only had one really good season in the Premier League at the age of 19. And we're going to spend that much on him at that age. Yeah, I think that's it, 1,000%. In simple terms, if Fabinho was still there, he then, like you say, has that year under like almost a protege with him to develop, learn the role. You can alternate the two of them, probably help Fabinho's legs, etc. But when Fabinho goes, you then need a player to be potentially, well, let's say potentially, actually, the starting six, don't you? The one who yeah. can play at the base, however you want to put it, part of the double pivot, but a key defensive role, especially in this new formation and the way we play. Now, Lavia is a talent. I do believe that. But 
it's a massive, massive ask of a 19-year-old kid mm-hmm. with one year at the top level, as it were, so to speak. And, and, and this isn't a dig him because, you know, he's good in that, but in a team that's relegated, it's a huge, huge leap. And I do think that's one of the key reasons why the, the three bids, the rejections, the messing around type of thing. So I think Liverpool had those doubts. They just didn't need to embarrass themselves, Nina, by going back. That was the only thing. Well, luckily, the player obviously turned his nose up. Um, uh, it's no longer our concern. Is he going to rot at Chelsea? Doesn't matter. Doesn't bother us at all. So let's talk again, Dave, because Liverpool have been linked with a, you know, a number of players. And I think you and I were sat there as well when you know the whole Lavia thing happened. We were kind of looking back and I'm like, Manu Corne, you know, there's been articles about Emma. Um, uh, uh, Paulinia from Fulham, but there's one that there's been an article today from um, from the Independent by Delaney, and um, Liverpool are strongly, strongly linked to Emma um, Cech Decore from Crystal Palace. So your thoughts on this one? A bit older, I hate that word, Premier League proven, but obviously played in the Premier League. He's he's a very, very good player. He's a good age as well, fits into that midfield really well. But I want to get your thoughts. How do you feel about this? So is he enough or do you want somebody else in with him? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy, by searching for Anfield Index. I actually think, I've got to be honest, he's a very, very good player. I really do. And like you say, it's it's an old cliche, but I do understand the proven Premier experience. I get that. He's done well, especially in a team that that quite often sits back. He isn't aggressive. He's a front-footed player. Also, I think the the one thing that's kind of been missed is Palace play a certain way, especially under the Hodge, don't they, type of thing. But if you look where he came from with Lens in France, he was more progressive. You know, his, his progressive passing rate was, was right up there in league earn type of thing. So, you know, there's got to, got to be an element of that that's looked at at the same time. The price will be fascinating because no one really knows this now. And everyone, but what everyone does know Liverpool have got 111 million at least <laughs> sat there in their pockets, waiting to be spent by big Uncle John and Linda when she rocked up in her ball gown at Stamford Bridge on Sunday. So we, we are in the worst case in the, for this because we have needs, we have money, we are a seller's dream in this regard. So I, I well think there's something in it, Nina. I honestly believe that. However, it's going to come down to price in that regard. He's been mentioned by a few. It, it needs to be with at least one other for me, just because of we, we can't just put all our eggs in, in one basket. AFCON, so he's going to go, you know, in January, as long as Salah for AFCON. Yep. So mm-hmm. I know people could say, oh, Thiago badge, but but you don't really just want to do that. It would be great to have another one in there, you know, with the, with the various names. And I've seen a lot of them, like Andre, Paulinho, um, Coney, like you said, even literally as we've come on air, Christian Fork has now tweeted again saying Liverpool are back in and interested in getting Ryan Gravenberch for about the 26th time this summer, realistically. So names will come out the woodwork. I do think we need two personally. I think that that's an absolute must. And if we get the two, I'm going to say necessarily just the two right ones because people will have different opinions on that, but two good ones. I think the window looks good all of a sudden, but time is ticking. We're probably not going to get anyone now, barring a miracle, done and in for Bournemouth, which Klopp said, you know, I just want to get someone, you know, we'll go, we'll do Chelsea and then we'll worry about the rest. So we're probably not going to get it in for Bournemouth. I get that. But mm. we cannot, Nina, we cannot be going to St. James's Park without a specialist six in a week and a bit's time. That is absolutely criminal. So Liverpool, get your finger out and get it out fast. 
Just as your personal preference as well. So if Liverpool only buy two players in this window, because, you know, it's just a day and, you know, like just basically a fortnight left for this transfer window, right? Would you rather have two um, uh, midfielders in that position or two midfielders? Or would you, obviously, we, we know that maybe a left-sided centre-back might be something that Liverpool should be looking at. How do, how do Liverpool holistically approach this transfer window? Do we address the midfield this this window and see if that helps the defensive reassurance because I think we watched the Chelsea game right and you know we were basically being played through because it happened players were being pulled apart I felt like you know McAllister who had a wonderful game but you know he was in the deepest but he was having to help out on the left-hand side a fair bit as well because Robbo was very very much isolated I also felt like the players on that side of the play um, you know in the likes of um you know, who um, Gakpo, who is a forward, and, you know, Diaz weren't really giving him the, the cover or the help that they needed to in those positions. So do you think two holding midfielders would be more advantageous or would you like to just nip it in the bud and get a centre-back as well? It, it's a tough one because I know people like to go, oh, it's this and this, this. It's one of those that, for me, there's a, there's a grey, it's your preference. It's not a black and white argument, so to speak. Yeah. I personally... And I've swithered with this, I've, I've got to be honest, that I first would want a, a DM, a six, whatever you want to call it, like Decore, let's play that scenario. And I had thought, you know, like a, a left-sided defender, a left-sided centre-back, someone like an Ignacio, especially after there's a few kind of, and I don't want to dig at this because it is the transfer show, but like Andy Robertson, there was questions asked, but I think he was kind of done a kicker by the lack of support in front of him. Like, as you said, Sterling and James just had a free run at him all day with little protection at times. But I would be happy with either. And I really mean that. As long as they're both quality, Nina, that it's, for me, it's two minimum can make it a good window if they're the right people. Mm. Three makes it a brilliant window. And I mean that. You know, if it was like, mm-hmm. you know, we're spitting names, but say it's like a... A Decore, Inacio came in. I know people are going to be screaming, his release clause has gone. I, I get all that. I totally understand. And I also understand for anyone starts screaming about the homegrown element that, you know, deregistering players who've only got two spaces left. I get all that. We could argue the scenarios all day, but three is amazing. Two is the minimum for me. That's honestly how I see it. And whether it's two mids, one mid, one left-sided defender, just get something on the board. Absolutely, yeah. Two would make it very, very good. I actually think, um, you know, they'll probably go in in the um, uh, the winter window as well for the last puzzle, and that's absolutely fine as well because we've had a lot of success in in you know the winter market as well. So watch the space, and um, hopefully, hopefully Liverpool get their business done. I think one thing that we can agree on before we move on to other Liverpool business, um, um, Dave, is is the simple fact that Liverpool can no longer fart around and can't keep going to the new, um, you know. To, to the negotiating table. You know, if you've identified the core, you're going to have to just th- slap the money down, stat, and get the other one in, stat. Yeah, I, I, there'll always be a ceiling, don't get me wrong, but there's a, you've got to be an acceptance that everyone knows you've got 111 million quid, Ev- minimum. And I'm saying that, minimum. That's <laughs> what everyone knows. You know, everyone knows we are desperate. You know, everyone who watched that game, Stevie Wonder can see we need a holding midfielder. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. at least one. It's it's not hard. So all the chips are on the other side of the table. So I, I get it. And obviously we'll play it a bit hypothetical. If Palace asks us for 90 million, what, you know, no. we negotiate, but we walk away. I get that everyone's yeah. going to have a ceiling. Don't get me wrong. But there's probably got to be an acceptance that you might just have to, to overpay. But the need is what it is. You put yourself in this position by getting rid of players before you get in the bin. See if they learn the lesson in the future, eh? Yeah, let's never do that again. Let's never do that again. Um, let's keep let's keep talking about Liverpool. So, um, Dave, Klopp confirms Thiago won't be going at the press conference. So we can ignore all that chit chat about a 12 million bid. Um, your thoughts on this one? Because I feel like he's been very much a uh, He's a very important player, but in in this whole scenario of um you know Liverpool needing players, Liverpool needing players, he is going to be a great player, and we need those players in because we get the best out of him in those short bursts of periods. So I want to get your thoughts on Thiago staying. Yeah, you, you simply after you let go of Fabinho and Hendo, you couldn't have let him go as well. You know your three senior midfielders. There's 
it's just too destabilizing. And Christ, we need him in, not going out as well. So it was a a simple thing, I think, in, for most fans in Jurgen Klopp's minds. Like you said, Thiago, it, it's the way you play him. You've got maybe 20, 25 games maximum minutes-wise out of him. It's picking those minutes and times wisely because we all know his quality. That's undoubted. It's now just being clever, picking the minutes, managing them in the right way and going from there. But yeah, with... With all the madness and everything else that's been going on this window and obviously the Saudi bit, which we'll get to, it was good just to have one thing where Jürgen Klopp went, nonsense. That was just reassuring, if you know what I mean. It really was. But um, again, I want to get your thoughts on this because we know his contract is coming up to an end soon. And, um, you know, um, you know, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what do Liverpool do here when it comes to talking about him and discussing his contract? Do you think Liverpool should re, you know, reopen chit chat about, you know, um, renewing his contract, or do you think he's just one of those players that you're you're hoping, you because again, like I think we can all agree we don't get enough out of him because it's not about his quality; it's about the injuries. That's all that the issue is. It's the injuries and you know the amount of games that we get from him. If Liverpool get a solid midfield spine down and they look like they are going to now start investing in the midfield, do you think this player deserves a contract extension when it's time to get back to negotiating with him? Or do you think Liverpool will probably be in a position where they'll probably just want to let him go? In the uh, quieter words of John the Baptist, Nina, that would be utterly mental beyond belief to give Mm. him a new contract. It would be absolutely insane if you look at the money he's on as well we know he's a, yes. a big earner you know his injury we know his class but you know his injury problems just get one final year out of him get what you can the biggest thing that i would personally like is and i know a name that's been linked someone like andre i'd love to see us do that second one in the south american market see how it works out for us you know he's been billed almost as tiago's replacement so give him the year as it were but the one thing i also two things i would say Number one, it would be insane to offer anything to him as well. Let it drift out. And the second thing, that's about 200 grand a week off the wage bill. So again, there's no excuse for a, another chunk of change not being spent. Not this window, but, you know, next summer as well. So, yeah, let him gracefully bow out and move on for a last year. Wise words. Right, let's move on to the next one. So <laughs> it's it's been all chit-chat for Liverpool and transfers. I tell you what, there's been a lot of activity. But you know what? A rumour or a story that literally my heart nearly fell out of like my stomach. Like literally, it was horrible. The rumours were, of course, concerning our majestic goalkeeper, Alison Becker. Luckily, the rumours got rubbish, but Strong rumours that Saudi are very, very keen and interested in him. I was thinking that was literally my best player last season. He's probably one of the most solid players against Chelsea as well. Your thoughts on this one? It got rubbish. But if Saudi, just hypothetically speaking, was it Al Nasser? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If they come in and they slap the cash and say, you know what? Because money is stupid right now. And, you know, nobody has it more than them lot in Saudi in the Pro League. If they, you know rock up to John W. Henry and say, you know what, there's 200 million for your keeper. I mean, what do you do? I mean, everyone has a price. Everyone has a price, but not the holy goalie. Do you know what I mean? We (laughs) cannot. It it was quite rightly rubbish. It was a non-starter. He's too important to us. And I know people will be thinking next summer, maybe. and, And I get that. But there's a heck of a long way until then. But you just couldn't entertain it. It was nonsense. Number one. Who would have the Maytay parties with all the South American lads? Number two, who's going to host the barbecues and all that? Number three, who's going to unite everyone and play the guitar at all the events and that type of thing? Alison is just too important in every single regard. An absolute nonsense, non-starter. There you go. We, we, you shut it down as quick as Sam Maguire in that article yesterday. So we're, we're happy with that. But yeah, Alison Becker is absolutely incredible. I was absolutely having nightmares when I was seeing, you know, there's also rumours about Mosala being linked to Saudi as well yesterday. And I was like, no, no. And they got rubbish as well. So, you know, good stuff. So. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. 
and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on eplindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. As things stand, um, Dave, that, that is us up to date with Liverpool transfer news. Anything more you want to add into that? No, probably just for, from the Liverpool side. We all expected stuff to, to have got done last week, didn't we? I.e. we'd have a holding midfielder, number six, whatever you want to call it, in for the Bournemouth game. Now, barring an absolute miracle, you know, if something breaks tonight, probably after this is a published type of thing, it's not happening. Time is ticking fast and it's ticking hard on Liverpool, Nina. We have to get it sorted. We absolutely, and people say, yeah, two weeks. And again, I don't think anyone is. I think everyone's feeling the pinch and the urgency. We cannot go to St. James's Park, Newcastle away without a new number six holding midfielder in. It has to be done by then. And the longer it goes, the more panicked we'll get. And if anything, prices ain't going to go down, are they? Put it that way. No, they certainly are not. Right, so that was your Liverpool dose of the transfer. So hopefully, hopefully we we have another one of these shows where Dave is talking about uh, you know small players coming through that door. But that's Liverpool for now. Let's let's turn our attention to the league and what our rivals and our competitors are up to, Dave. So first stop is I'm gonna go. We're gonna go to Chelsea and uh, the the crazy owner that is um uh, Todd. Sweeney Todd, uh, as as everyone likes to call him. So, Lavion Caicedo um, looks like they're coming in. Um, Washington as well, set to follow. And some of the outside, I think Kepa joins Real Madrid on loan. Um, Olise's offer has been accepted, but Crystal Palace are not happy with the way they've been tapping up the player. There was an article on the mail as well. And will they lodge a formal complaint, which remains to be seen? Um, uh, Ziyech probably off to Galatasaray. They are moving mad in this transfer window. Um, and I think, you know, they are... It looks, it's evident that they are breaking a lot of rules, but the rule makers are not doing anything about it. And it only takes this whole transfer saga and the situation to inspire a team like Newcastle. And when they start behaving like this, because I think Newcastle have been behaving quite well in this transfer window and just in general as well. Like they're buying players, but at a reasonable price. Like it looks like they're living within their means and it's like they're kind of upholding the financial fair play. If a team like Newcastle starts acting like the way Chelsea are, I think it's game over for everyone. Everyone. And I mean City as well. Just going through this Chelsea bit, if I kind of pass out and don't speak for two minutes just because of the amount of info we've got to go through, just edit it, you know, get guys to do what he does type of thing. Because Sweeney Todd, and even by Sweeney Todd levels, this <laughs> is a monster rager. I mean, like you said, Lavia and Caicedo, they almost just seem like standard. There's almost like just done. But think of all the money, all the investment, the wages, the nine-year contracts, that type of thing. And he's still going Washington, like you said, from Brazil, expected to follow. Kepa, what a stroker. I'm not being funny. For a keeper who put it into the top row of Wembley in a penalty shootout, to have to choose between Real Madrid and Bayern Munich, having been utterly pish at, like Chelsea, is just unbelievable. But he's mm-hmm. got his low move there. Like you say, the Olisei one, fascinating. There have been rumours he's got a release clause, and yes, they have triggered it. And all the stuff behind it, isn't it? Like you said, underhand tactics, Palace considering complaining, the drama behind that, fascinating. Now, someone, someone with a bit of football sense, and I'm probably going to butcher his name now, but I think it's pronounced White from from Montpellier, sorry, is now having second thoughts because... Funnily enough, someone's looked and gone, hold on, Chelsea have got 26,472 midfielders. Where am I actually going to play in this structure? Never mind, am I going to get pied to 
Chelsea reserves or Strasbourg, as they're also known nowadays. So he's looking to say that the West Ham, maybe even behind Trap Frankfurt, are in for him that way as well. Ziek, like you say, because he's only got one leg, according to the medical, that his knee's going to fall off. He's now on his way, it seems, to Galatasaray, that it's been a nightmare for him. Even tonight, honestly, like Nino, it's still going on. Lukaku's agent has come out while we're on this and saying they've offered him to Real Madrid because of their striking issues. So we'll see if mm-hmm. anything happens there, because basically no one wants Lukaku. I still think he's got a Saudi move written all over him, but yep. we'll have to see that. And like you said, everyone is now an expert on FFP, aren't they? And PSNR and all the different things going on. We even had Simon Jordan on Talk Sport doing a whole kind of budget um, Rachel Riley from Countdown of how he's, you know, they spread the payments. And basically, the one thing I will give Sweeney Todd, he's a clever businessman for finding these little loopholes, isn't he? You've got to give him that credit. They keep shutting them down like the five-year, you know, it's got to be amortised over five years. You can't do seven-year contracts. The way you spread it, they keep closing up these loopholes. But fair play in a way, you can argue that he's found them, he's making them do it. The only side is, and this will be something for well after we've done shows like this. But when you give players ultimately nine-year contracts, what about the duffers, as we would say? But that is probably another show completely. In simple terms, the Chelsea show rose on and on and on. We hate the club, but we love them for the transfer show. Simple as that. It'd give you plenty of content, plenty to talk about. And uh, I read some of the practically spent nearly a billion pounds since these come in. I'm like, oh, my God, like, how? You know, like, how? And, you know, I think he's just got a massive overload of players. And I don't know, he just strikes me as someone that, you know, his the whole Sweeney Todd, I'm sure you love him as well. But, you know, in terms of, like, a football owner, he pretty much reminds me of somebody who just sits there on you know Amazon or eBay and just adds a lot of things to his basket mindlessly shops I mean the two I mean like he's bought Kaiseid on him and Fernandes are going to be a fantastic duo but you know you look at all the other players that he's bought in as well like, how is that going to impact their team will they get game time how does it affect his current team i.e like your Sterlings how is it going to affect the Gallaghers are they going to get rid of them they've just not got rid of enough players to bring these kind of players in Lukaku has been an absolute joke this summer as well he's been linked to everyone doesn't want to go anywhere apparently he's turned off his phone and he's just like posting on social media like the attitude is very much Manchester United S kind of player where players just don't want it. You know, he's quite happy. He's just like, yeah, you know, I'll do what I want. I think it's brilliant. I mean, I thought Gallagher, he's not wanted there, it's clear, and they're touting him around. I think he did all right against us, probably because, mm-hmm. you know, they had a player that was physical and prepared to put it around. Even like Lewis Hall, their youngster, you know, who's come mm-hmm. through their academy, been part of England's under 21 European Championship winners. He's feeling as well, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. They had him on loan and now they're going to flog him, in essence. So, they're, you know, they're, they're offering him around, touting him around type of thing. Nothing can surprise you with Chelsea. They are fascinating for me and Trev on this show. And even like now, Nina, you just keep seeing like midfielder, winger, midfielder, winger, midfielder, winger. And all you keep looking at is going, lads, you know how like Cuckoo's out for the first half of the season? Like, so you've now actually not really got a striker and you've kind of pied off Lukaku. Is anyone actually considering buying like an actual forward, you know, a big name to, you know, because goals forgive a lot of sins, as we know with our boys, especially. But mm-hmm. someone there, but whether it's Todd or someone's go, lads, we don't need forwards. You've got 26 midfielders. It's fine. No worries. It's just insane. They're like the opposite of us where we've got lots of attacking players and they're, they're just stacked in midfield. Yeah, it is absolutely fascinating. It really is. And I also find it really bemusing as well where, you know, players like Matheson and stuff who, who did quite well in the championship, right? And they brought them all back and they're on the bench. And I'm like, just let them stay and let them have another long season. Because clearly, but, you know, Sweetie Todd has other ideas where he's bringing more players in. It's just, I, I find it very crazy. Yeah, I guarantee, even in the last few shows, me and Trev will still have a segment on them. God bless, God bless Sweeney Todd. God hate Chelsea. <laughs> hear, hear, and amen to that. Right, let's move on to another London team, um, Arsenal and Arteta. So, the, um, uh, you know, let's let's talk about them. So, uh, Raya from Brentford, um, uh, the, the loan deal has been confirmed. 
I find this really strange, right? So he's only come, he's, he's got a season long loan or whatever. And they already have a number one goalkeeper. They bought in Brentford's number one. What, like, and there's been a lot of talk about this. A lot of like the experts have been talking about this. How, how do you rate this? How do you foresee this, um, Dave? Because for me, it's kind of, I think you, your keeper is your keeper. Your number I one is your number one. I, 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 I'll be honest. I think Aaron Ramsdale is one of the most overrated players. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. People will jump on this. But I think it's a very good signing. Riot is exceptional. And I mean that. I'm not saying that lightly with his feet. He's also a very good goalkeeper. But especially in the modern era, you've got, you know you've got to be good with your feet, Nina. And it's a good deal on the basis that, you know, because Brentford weren't just going to lose him for nothing. So they've paid a small fee. The suggestion is about three million quid with an option there. So they almost get like a try before you buy type of thing. And it just puts real pressure on Ramsdale. I suspect, and this is a guess, no one knows, but I think Ramsdale is the number one. But if Ramsdale drops a clanger or regular clangers, like we know he's mm-hmm. prone for, they just have yeah. it, these Pickfords, Ramsdales, we know what they do. They just have this bit of mentalness, basically. If you're English and you've got blonde hair dyed or real and you're a keeper, there's just a bit of mental to you. It just seems to be the way. They've got Raya there. And very much, you know, you can tell Arteta wants to pass it around, play out from the back. So I think this is a great move. My honest belief would be Ramsdale starts the season as number one. Raya ends it. Brutal, brutal. I also find the whole Raya, um, uh, you know, transfer saga really, really intriguing this summer as well because, of course, he was heavily linked to Spurs, right? And Manchester United were looking at him as well. Like, he went really, really, he was like the hot property goalkeeper. Then he went really quiet on him. And now Arsenal have come in and swooped him in. It's going to be very, very fascinating. And, you know, um, and what it does to um, the, the defensive setup of Arsenal as well. And speaking of defensive setups, um, of course, they bought in Timber, but unfortunately, it's horrible. He, picked, he sustained an injury against them in the opening game against Forest. Um, Dave, we've just literally heard the rumours now as well. It looks likely that he'll be out all season, um, which is horrible. You don't want that for anyone. I think he's a fantastic player. He was, you know, he, he when I thought when Arsenal was signing these players and certainly signed him, I was like, oh, Arsenal, you've done well here. So, um, your thoughts on this, the implications it'll have on maybe the likes of Gabriel and also um, Tierney as well. I mean, does Arteta have a rethink or does he go back in for another? Do you think he'll go in for another defender? I want to get your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think that this will force a, a big rethink and it might well go down to the wire for this with Arsenal because Timber was there, wasn't he, to play that that right-sided defender role, the, the full-back, the one who's good on the ball, bring it out, all that. He's now, you know, all the suspicion is he's going to be out for the, the full season. It probably puts a, a kibosh on Kieran Tierney going on loan, and he's you know he's been linked with a, a number of places, hasn't he? Like Sociedad, mm. Castle that way. Mm. I do think any possibility of Gabriel is now kibosh completely to Saudi, if if it was even possible. But I know mm. people are going to be screaming like, "Hold on, different positions." But yeah, Timber, as we know, could also play centre back, so you can't afford to lose potentially two people that can play centre back at this time of the season especially with the Champions League campaign and everything else. So I do think, and it, you, the thing is, you can't say Arsenal don't spend money because they do. Look at yeah. the summer, look at Rice and yeah. everything. Yeah. I suspect they're going to take stock, as it were. I don't think you're going to see Tierney move, if he does, until late in the window. And he especially doesn't move without another coming in. But if you're asking my gut, I think Kieran's got to get used to the bench personally because they won't afford or won't be keen to let anyone out. And yeah, I think Kieran Tierney, you're used to some splinters in your arse, my mate. <laughs> oh gosh, it's horrible, isn't it? When your player's future is decided by a setback and a knock-on effect of another one. Let's speak about the treble winners of Manchester City. Still not done. Cancelo close to Barcelona move. Um, they've been flirting strong and hard with Paqueta going in with, you know, uh, keep going back with improved bids. I think 
this one is pretty much the writings on the wall, given the fact that we've all discovered that um, De Bruyne and, and the seriousness of his injury as well. Personally, I think now he's going to be a player that will probably, as sad as it is, I think De Bruyne, I think, you know, he picked up an injury in the final. He's picked up another injury. It looks like it might be a, a continuous thing for him. So Man City are linked with Paqueta. Your thoughts on this one? And Laporte to Saudi. Um, the bid has been in, accepted and they're also in talks with Doku. They, they seem like a very calm, relaxed kind of team in terms of how they're doing their transfers. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that the club we all love to hate is a well-oiled machine from top to bottom, isn't mm-hmm. it? And, you know, yep. everything in operation, Christ. Could you imagine what that would be like, eh? But... It is what it is type of thing. So, yeah, I think Cancelo to, to Barcelona will happen. You know, Pep just wants him out. We all know about that. The, the Paqueta, I, I actually think he's a great player. I really mean this. I know people get yeah. obsessed and there's an argument over the transfer fee being around 100 million. I get that. I'm not saying he's worth that. But he's technically very good. His engine is incredible. If you look at the stats, even from the opening weekend, he carries the ball brilliantly. He makes a lot of tackles as well. He would just be, for me, a perfect Man City midfielder as in long term with everything he has. Maybe even, you know, like the, the Bernardo replacement for me, longer term that way. So I do think that will get done. Christ, let's be honest, Nina. Do, do players want to trade West Ham for Manchester City? Like, no one needs to answer that. It's pretty straightforward, realistically. Laporte. Yeah, he, he's going to be dropped out to, to Saudi, isn't he, for an absolute bucket full of money? You know, it, it just seems a shame. I mean, he could do a job. Christ, he could do a job and a half for us, couldn't he, for so many teams. It's almost a shame to see him go there, but, you know, fair play to him. And then, like you said, the Doku's the only one that kind of surprises me a little bit because he's not exactly set the world alight at Rennes, but he's fast, he's rapid, he's got, you know, he's got qualities and probably someone like Pep, you think if he can get him right, you know, he'd be a heck of a player. So, yeah, it's just unfortunate that, yeah, the treble winners, you would not bet against them by any means this time again, unfortunately. No, you wouldn't. I'm sure Docker was a player that Liverpool were being linked with as well and Aston Villa at the beginning of the transfer window. So, um, obviously, he, you know, and, yeah, the treble winners, they are just doing their business and they're doing, you know, pretty, pretty consistently and you know like you said with Paqueta as well like you know this does scream like this guy will start and you know this is what they're going to do now going forward um you know given the injury to of course um De Bruyne and um I agree with you I think his quality I, I think a lot of people were surprised the fact that West Ham actually got him last last summer yeah absolutely he was one of the ones that when he moved from France we were linked with it there the same time as well. So, yeah, I think it, it would be a good buy for another greatly stocked midfield. And let's be honest, it just makes sense in so many regards. But we don't half hate them, eh? No, we don't. And you know what? There's Let's turn to the neighbours who we hate even more. <laughs> for, for for obvious reasons, ever uh, you know, they're again. I'm sure you find them absolutely fascinating to discuss on this on this show. Um, uh, Dave, we are talking about Manchester United. So Maguire, the West Ham move, it looks like it's not going to happen because he wants an exit payment. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's pretty much come out and said, "I've not had uh, any chit chat with David Moyes." Um, uh, you know, with all due respect to him, so a uh, lot's coming out with Maguire. Um, I don't think that move happens. It has a knock-on effect of what Manchester United are trying to do with Benjamin Pavard as well, because the the reports on Sky Sports suggest that you know FFP if they can't bring if they can't get one out they can't bring one in. Bayern Munich have just pretty much laughed at the offer that Man United have put you know put on and rejected it. So I want to get your thoughts on on Manchester United on Manchester United's window and of course I'm a Amrabat is another player that's still being linked to them, actually, till this day. Yeah, the circus just all Trafford, don't, doesn't it? I mean, Slabhead's been terrible for them. He's been the absolute disaster of the last few years of a signing. It just, for everyone involved, the player included, just go. Go and play somewhere like lesser profile, like West Ham. And that's not calling West Ham a small club for anyone jumps on it, but... It just suits him more. It would suit the club. And also, it helps United. It would have helped 
you know, you get a big wage off the books as well as a, a lump sum. But mm-hmm. all this problem because of trying to say that the payoff and not accepting it. And, and here we are. So now Ten Hag's tried to do that. Oh, no, he's good to keep around for experience. Like no one's buying that, Eric, mate. Not for one second, especially, as you said, no one's buying it because the links with Benjamin Pavard have been there all summer. And all the reports from Germany are they've had a bid rejected. So they're blatantly trying to get that done or they were trying to get it done concurrently. Nina, they're, they're just an incredible club in the sense of they spend money hand over the fist and they never seem to get infinitely better. Even the other night, you saw they were hopeless against Wolves. Mm-hmm. Like, how that wasn't a penalty is like, yeah, great. Adana's great with his feet. He also looks like he'd be great with a boxing ring based on the way he took out the Wolves boy <laughs> at the same time. So, you know, it, it's just literally even, you know, mount stats, which is a bit harsh, but... Christ, all it makes you think is, thank God we didn't get him in the end type of thing. But they're, they're still short in so many areas. I think a lot of people thought they were going to get Harry Kane. Nothing would surprise you with United. But the greatest thing is because even by the end of this window in a couple of weeks, them angry Norwich scarves are going to be coming out because the takeover's not been done. We love to see it. Simple as that. We do love to see it. We absolutely do love to see it. And I've kind of got this feeling that um, uh, their former captain, as you like to call him, Slabhead, I'm going to be nicer about it, might be the modern day Phil Jones where he's just happy getting the pay cut, the paycheck, you know, and just quite happy just to rinse Manchester United for every penny that they've got. Yeah, I think the way they handle the wage structure as well. And um, I think they they kind of, I don't know, they kind of make or build laziness. I don't know. It's just my thought on, on the whole situation where players just get very, very comfortable by picking up a big pay paycheck. And yeah, um, it's, it's, it's one of those. But yeah, United are still being linked with um, uh, Amrabat and other players that we were linked with as well. Let's see how that one goes for them. Let's move on to West Ham. Now, Dave, we spoke a little bit about West Ham, but, you know, they've had a lot of money from, you know, the Rice signing. And, um, of course, Ward-Prowse has been confirmed. Maguire not happening for them. So I'm guessing David Moyes is going to have to look elsewhere for a defender. So watch this space. They're probably getting a bit more money in for Paqueta as well. And Brennan Johnson, winger from Forest, being linked to them. I've, I've, I've been finding their transfer window very intriguing. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I think we can all agree they had a very, very underwhelming season last season in the league. I think, you know, the fact that they won the conference saved them massively. But, you know, they, they do, you know, they, they've sold one of their best players in Rice and um, they've had all this money and they've been linked to everyone. But they've been really, really struggling to get somebody through the door. And now they look like they're making some moves. So your thoughts on West Ham? They're going to have a big by the looks of things as well with Paqueta going. They're fascinating. Me and Trev said last week, Nina, David Moyes and Tim Steiden, the sporting director, it seems a match made in hell. Literally, you've got a young, progressive sporting director probably looking at all the options. And then you've got David Moyes walking around, slapping his stickers over Tesco, going, buy British. British is the best type of thing. And look at the players he's getting and targeting. For Edson Alvarez being brought in by Steiden, in is now confirmed James Ward-Prowse. So that is one on the board, literally. And you know what you want it to happen. Good old James Ward-Prowse with his whipped in corners and yep. slab head steaming in there. That's what he was looking for, overload at the back post. But Maguire's now gone. Paqueta, a lot of people are just expecting that bid to come in any second and happen. So people are looking, right, who's he getting next? And to be fair, Renan Johnson, the young Forest lad, the sort of uh, attacker, the wing, whatever you want to call him, I like him. I think he's a talent. I think that would be a really good move if they could get him. I do mean that. However, you're going to love this. According to Sky Sports News about half an hour ago before we started, mm-hmm. West Ham have made contact again with Jesse Lingard. The Manchester no. United youngster at 47 now, I think he is. Do you know what I mean? If like, does anything scream David Moyes than Lucas Paqueta becoming Jesse Lingard? So you've got to love the Moyes side. He's a very naughty boy, but Christ, he makes West Ham interesting. He does, and I believe Lingard was pretty much um, he's not got a club. He was training with um, 
Inter Miami, if, if if my sources are correct, and yeah, that that does just scream of David Moyes. But oh my God, that is not the way you want to go. Um, I I know very little about Lingard as a person. I'm not going to claim to know him, but like he just strikes me as like a bit of a clown. You know, like doesn't take himself seriously. I don't know. Like, yeah, okay, West Ham, keep doing what you're doing now. Let's move on to some other little bits of news in the in in the Premier League. So, um, Newcastle are in pursuit of a left back um, on loan and they have been linked with of course Arsenal's Tierney and uh, Cucurella of Chelsea those links have been going quite strong uh, for this transfer window Villa set to confirm um, uh, Zainolo from Galatasaray Tim Krul uh, the retro face of the Premier League is um, set to join Luton had his medical I believe Fulham get Loris set for Lazio that news has been, uh, been going around a fair bit as well and then our bitter neighbours neighbors Everton who have been absolutely diabolical in this transfer window get Jack Harrison from Leeds I believe um, does that spark the end of Damari Gray your thoughts Dave on all those little bits of news and of course I think Bournemouth have also got Tyler Adams now right yeah it's it's panic time now Nina there's a few weeks left of the window and the first day results always dictate panic like you say Everton lost at home look at the furore of all you know it just it builds now and people make crazy deals so like you said Newcastle probably wouldn't surprise me if they got Kukurea now seems more likely because Chelsea ship out players and ship a minute array you could well see that Villa that is pretty much done for Zainola they had to do something especially when you know Buendia was confirmed out for the season it's interesting as well because um, opening day, Tyro Mings unfortunately had that horrific injury, so we suspected he'll be out for the season. Mm-hmm. And now Villa linked with Marcus Acuna, another one to, to come in there through Monchi's contacts. Like you say, how bizarre Luton being in the Premier League in the first place. So what makes more sense than the oddity that is Tim Krull being their keeper there? It's just crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You look at Fulham, William wants to go to Saudi, Mitrovic might be going. So how do they respond? They bring in the baby oil assassin on a free, don't they? He is lubed up, ready to go down that wing on a free. So they've now got explosive pacing. Loris, yeah, he, he's done it. Spurs is neat, so that's just expected to get done. And then Everton, like they say, they're making strange moves. Jack Harrison on load. Even the other boy at Leeds, I think Notto it's pronounced, their little Italian winger. Yeah. He's now, you know, apparently trying to get that done for a deal that could rise up to, to 25 million. The whole problem is now Damari Gray's sort of stuck in limbo a little bit because he'd been told, you know, he told Sean Dyche he wanted to go, said, yeah, wait till we get one in. The problem was it was lined up for Fulham, Nina. And now they've got the baby oil assassin in. So Damari Gray's kind of been in stasis now, hasn't he? And he might just be the ultimate loser in this in the sense that I might just have to go back and play for Everton unless he can get another deal done. But yeah, there's, there's loads of little tidbits, like you say. It is crazy time in the Premier League and there's going to be some insane deals done across all clubs. There really is. I mean, you're speaking about Adama there and, of course, Fulham. Um, I'm... Uh... I'm really, really like, I'm obviously not a Wolves fan, but I'm very, very concerned about their well-being in the Premier League, given the fact that they're just losing players left, right, centre. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And not getting anyone through the door? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the only club where pretty much we think every other Premier League club spending, coming out with stuff, bar Everson, but we like to laugh at that. But their chairman, their owners have come out with a statement going, yeah, we've got to sell, we've got to cut our cloth accordingly. It pretty much seems every Wolves player is up for sale if you want to pay the money type of thing, isn't it? And even Max Kilman signed a new deal with them. You know, the, their left-sided centre-back player that we've been linked with on occasions. But apparently the new deal does have a release clause as well. So, yeah, Wolves are maybe, just maybe, right for a pick-in if clubs need to. Yeah, crazy times ahead. I'm sure more more things will unfold there. Right, let's move around now to Europe and let's get our focus on to PSG. I mean, the whole Mbappe, Mbappe saga has been absolutely uh, fascinating, hasn't it, Dave? And it looks like the play and Real Madrid pretty much hold all the cards here in this one. You know, um, I don't think PSG have a leg to stand on, but he's set for an extension. He was left out of the team. And uh, and then obviously they drew at their first game, and then he was brought back in. Like it's it's actually a bit of a circus. It's been a bit of a freak for PSG. Like they're having to go back. So Mbappe is set for an extension with a release clause after a release clause after the talk. And Neymar to Al Hilal confirmed, as is a uh, uh, Renato Sanchez. So your thoughts on PSG and um, you know Neymar? I saw I saw the social media videos and the. Yeah excitement and you know the 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 excitement that he's drummed up over there so your thoughts on uh, PSG and um, I think it's good that they're letting these big players go uh, you know I listened to the Gabs and Jules podcast and I remember ages ago Jules was saying that PSG kind of want to move from a different direction of having big egos and big superstars and they maybe should want to start looking at younger players who are a bit more hungry it does make more sense but does that go down well with the PSG crowd and fans? Yeah, it's it's big. No, me, me and Trev, Trev found them. Um, what trying to think? How would we put it? We flagged them as a club to watch at the start of the summer. I.e., there's the unrest, everything that happens behind the scenes and the drama, combined with the ultras who want more French players, want to get rid of all the prima donna superstars, like they don't feel are really committed to the club. And who'd have thought at the start of the summer there was a real potential for Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe to all go? I mean. It looks like after the talks, Killian, or as me and Trev call him, Le Petit Shite, are going to be the one that stays, isn't he, with a, an agreement with the, the top bods there, as it were, that pretty much the, the suggestion is, Nina, he's going to sign a contract with a release clause, i.e. he's going to Real Madrid next summer. In the meantime, they have managed to clear off Neymar. He's, like you say, now to Al-Hilal, so... You've seen the figures there, just insane wages, insane fees. So that's worked out well for PSG in that regard. Also, Renato Sanchez, now he's gone on loan to, to Roma. The only thing to keep an eye on is PSG have a big one left in them. It's not like they're short of money. I'm not pretending that for one second. But the fact Neymar has now gone, do not be surprised to see PSG make a big move in the world of football because think of the wages they've cleared off think of the transfer fee they've got not that FFP really matters to them don't get me wrong at all but still there's a big move and even Verratti I suspect goes as well so keep an eye on PSG that circus just rolls on Oh, I'm intrigued. You know, I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But yeah, OK, I'll keep an eye on PSG. I mean, the Saudi roundup then. Come on then, Dave. Who have they been buying? This is just, it's just another week in, in the world of Saudi football. So Langley, the one who was um, at Spurs, the Barcelona yep. player, is yep. pretty much set to go. Laporte, we know there's a, a fear greed. Demiral, another defender. She so looks like they're getting defenders. But... Neymar, as we know, is done. Mitrovic, another bid, is in for him. And there's probably players that we mentioned before. Like I still think Lukaku ultimately ends up there because it seems pretty simple. If you're a player, no one wants you in Europe, and you still got half decent talent, where do you go? So there's going to be more. It is not going to end. It is going to change. Say it's, it's changed since the start of the summer, but. There will be more moves to Saudi. There will be more disruption and. It ain't going to stop anytime soon, put it that way.
No, it's not. And I want to get your thoughts because so, you and I haven't spoken about the Saudi Pro League. A lot when it when obviously when the first sort of move started happening, of course Ronaldo set the wave in motion, right? So when it first happened, people were kind of touting it or comparing it to what? what remember when when the Chinese uh, Super League started and you know they started getting players, and it's been yeah. compared to that. And I want to get your thoughts on this because. I've been speaking to obviously family members about this because I go, oh, another one's going to Saudi, another one's going to Saudi, and you know, I've, my brother-in-law lives in Saudi, and uh, he actually lives in uh, he lives in Jeddah. So, um, you know, the, so you know, you know, uh, Benzema is potentially a neighbour. <laughs> I always joke about that, and um, I think the Saudi league, and I'm making a bold claim here. I think the Saudi league has potential massive legs. Um, it's going to take time, yes. It's going to take a lot of time. But what they've got is they've already got established football fans. You're not converting football fans. Like they love football. What they're trying to do over there is to convert them into supporting their local teams. I mean, we saw, I saw, I saw little snippets and videos on, on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, on uh, Twitter, uh, Roberto Firmino's first game. And the stadium was packed and it was loud. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because the, the, you can't say they're not going to throw cash behind it for a start, but I just think what's ultimately going to keep it below what they want it to be, Nina, just being honest, he's not got the competition. That's he's it. not got the history. And even like you look at players who have commented on it, they've even been honest, some of them, haven't they? And said, we're not, we're not going for the competition. We're not going for the love. We're going for the money. And yeah. How many times in football it has a big impact, like now, especially with our transfer show? I mean, we'd be hypocrites to say anything different. It makes a splash. It brings headlines. Long term, look at something like PSG. It just doesn't tend to end that well in the big sense, does it? That's my honest thought. Yeah, and that's absolutely fair. I think till they don't get a decent TV deal, meaning it's accessible, I don't. I am with you on this. I think it's going to be like a slow thing. I did read an article on The Athletic about, you know, this whole obsession with, you know, um, why Saudi are trying to bring football. And I think it's because they have like a big obesity pandemic and they're trying to get their youth a bit more healthy, a bit more fit as well. And, you know, I think there's long term health visions for maybe the youngsters of Saudi to maybe partake in some sports and, you know, get, get fit and healthy and stuff. But it's, I, I do find it really, really intriguing. And, you know, like, they will be smart, though. I think those fans will get really smart. I think, hang on a minute, why are you giving me a 36-year-old? Do you know what I mean? Like, they'll they'll know themselves that, like, hang on a minute, these players are at the end yeah. of their career. And um, I'm really, really intrigued. And I also, I, I, I'm also really intrigued to see how this pans out because if another league, like, if the MLS really, really took off as well, I kind of like the fact that there are other leagues on other continents that provides an avenue for players I think it's good that it's not just solely based in Europe I think it's a bit elitist in my opinion I want it to be all over the world yeah and and I honestly get that and I I wouldn't argue against that I just think the lack of competition and the style the lack of history I just don't think it'll ever fully take off like they want it to but Hey, I'm just a random fella, so what do I know? But Same here, yeah, I'm just a random person, so what do I know as well? It's just, yeah, it's just really intriguing. I think it's disgusting that they have that much money. Did you see that video of some journalist giving Fabinho a watch? Yeah, I think that says it all. A journalist <laughs> gave Fabinho a watch. I don't even think, and no disrespect to him, because we have him on the show regularly, I don't think James Pierce would give him his Casio. Do you know what I mean? Never mind yeah. the Rolex. So, yeah. yeah, different world, as it were. Yeah, and even he looked really bemused by it. Then he dropped it on the floor, of course. But, yeah, that is another thing. Right, Trev. Right, um, Dave, I was going to call you Trev then. Um, not quite. Um, let's. We, I think that's pretty much us rounded up on this podcast. Want to get your thoughts. Anything more you want to add? Um Anything we've missed? The only thing that I'd say is it's come up. We talked about Graven Birch, and there's a few sources doing that as well. The only one we've not mentioned is, and this might not be the most popular, but pe- people have seen it, Amrabat, the uh, Moroccan midfielder yeah. at Fiorentina. AD, the um, the sports, though the main sports newspaper in Holland, who actually broke the timber to Arsenal story as well, have said that Liverpool are in an advanced talks with him. There's nowhere in the UK has it, but AD does have a fantastic reputation across Europe. So 
I, I don't know. I really don't. I just think at the moment, the thing to keep in mind is Liverpool are probably doing things quietly, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, especially with everything that's happened. Yeah, I don't like we're the just, transparency. I don't like yeah, it. We're, it. We're just right for linking, aren't we? You can link anyone with Liverpool who's a, who can play a holding midfielder role and it's believable at this sense. So let's just hope something solid for a player we like breaks soon. And then next week is a completely different show. Here, here. So that, that's us on the Transfer Show podcast. A massive, massive thank you to everyone that listened. Hopefully, you know, the next time this show's up, Trev should be back from his Jolly Hollies. And we'll have, hopefully, Dave back on, giving his positive, his insights into Liverpool and some of the moves that they've made. And uh, also, he can put his finger and laugh with his co-host, Trev on uh, you know the the joke that is the the Manchester United and the Chelsea's of this world but Dave it's been an absolute honour hosting you and speaking with you and having all your insight and um, yeah and all your wisdom thank you Dave loved it good to see you again yeah it's great to have you on and before I let you go where can people find you on social media and where you know where more of your work please because you're very busy on Anfield Index. Yeah, so you probably people will see my, my sort of articles as normal. And if you want to give me abuse, it's Dave D 106 on Twitter, which people love to do in that regard. So, yeah, please feel free to send me any comments or feedback at any time. There you go. Give him a follow, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really enjoyed hosting this one. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can be happy with some incomings. But um, till next time, take care and up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.